It's 1985 and you're driving with the top down towards the city lights. You're an 80s cop about to avenge the death of your partner. You're also falling in love with your very best friend. Well, no, this isn't the best 80s movie ever made. In fact, it doesn't even really exist apart from in the imagination and in those compositions that you just heard from synthwave keyboardist Edward Gamper, a.k.a. Sunglasses Kid. G'day, Edward. Hey, g'day. I had to put on my best <laughs> um, 80s uh, radio announcer voice for that. I really <laughs> quite quite enjoyed it. I, I can almost feel the shoulder pads and the humidity of a hot summer night in Miami in your some of your music. That is the beauty of 80s synthwave music. It really transports you to a particular time and place. Where does it take you? What, why are you interested in this kind of music? I mean, I, I've always loved the sort of palette of 80s sounds and I've, I've been making believe it or not I've been making music under the moniker of sunglasses kid for almost a decade but it was only in the last sort of year when I started kind of um adding these captions and inviting people into a sort of world it, that was going on really inside my head every time I was making this music that it kind of blew up online and attracted so much interest from other people but um yeah, I think it's it's probably is about that combination of the marriage of like music and and film that I've always loved, and and I I think it's it was a particularly magical time in terms of the sounds that were being discovered. It was a time of discovery with new a whole new palette of sounds available to musicians, and there's just so many sounds that are so evocative and so just quintessentially eighties. Yeah, what was it about eighties films? I mean, they showed us this sort of hopeful certain world, well-defined good and evil. Okay, maybe some pretty naive American exceptionalism, but it was almost like it was the last time when things were good. What are the films that really strike your imagination from that part of your childhood? I mean, for me, um, I mean, like some of my favourite 80s movies have got to be something like Blade Runner, which is a completely otherworldly thing. I mean, the 80s was always warning us about a sort of post-apocalyptic times ahead and a lot of dystopian a lot of dystopian kind of forewarning um, but I love movies like Lethal Weapon Beverly Hills Cop I'm a big fan of all those sort of high school John Hughes movies like Breakfast Club um, big fan of the more anarchic kind of um, black comedies like Heathers and things like that yes. so <laughs> I, I mean it's te- it is tempting it's definitely tempting and I'm and I'm you know I'm somebody who trades in in nostalgia it's definitely tempting to sort of look back with everything through rose tinted glasses and I'm, I'm definitely have my tongue in my cheek when I'm um, you know, talking about the '80s, and you know, it, it's definitely through the through the lens of of cinema when I'm making when I make jokes like, you know, there were so many palm trees in the '80s. It's like, <laughs> I mean, in parenthesis, in the movies, I'm not, you know, <laughs> everyone didn't have an amazing time in the '80s as as with every decade, but there was something particularly special about the '80s. I think in in terms of pop culture and and cinema and and popular music, yeah. Your mother was a classical musician and she had a vintage Korg workstation, which I understand you still use to this day. Um, I do. Yeah, it's 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 the keyboard that you see me playing on in all my videos. And yeah, she, she was a classically trained musician, though she refused to give me lessons because I was a bit of a bad child. <laughs> so I think we knew it would it would end in, in uh, tears. So 
but yeah, I have that keyboard to this day that that sits there in those videos. But but today it's just used to control all virtual instruments that are right, emulating vintage synthesizers. If I had in my room what I have inside my computer, I'd be filling up several rooms worth with um, <laughs> you know, imaginary virtual keyboards. And then on the other side of your parents, your dad um actually got you into sound recording and electronic music in the nineties when he was retired. I mean, he had a bit of an influence on your style as well, didn't he? My my dad was my dad was um yeah he he started doing sound recording as a bit of a hobby after after he retired a lot of my inspiration for my dad actually comes from storytelling from hearing about his days being a, a police officer in the 1960s Soho so he had some amazing stories and I think just the power of storytelling um I always think that comes through in in what I do and and I think it's it's you know even more important now with with social media to sort of be clear about what is the story you're telling. Uh, as a musician, as an artist, as a brand. So Sunglasses Kid is your social media sort of side hustle where you sort of produce these yes. short comp <laughs> compositions, you sort of add movie scenarios to them very deftly, I have to say. But but in real life, you're a producer and a composer in your professional life. Is that in Synthwave as well or something different? I actually do hold down a day job. Funnily enough, I work, I work in, in, a, in a role in marketing that actually specifically is around storytelling. And, and, I, and I actually, for a lot of my day, I spend interviewing people um for a uk charity but i do i certainly in the last year i have been absolutely flooded with offers to work on movies um from film composers from directors um i'm in working with some i had a lot of grammy winning producers slide into my dms in the in the beginning of the year when i started going viral so i am a little bit of a crossroads about the amount of work that i'm doing as my side hustle is starting to bleed into the um into the uh into the day a bit right now i'm a, i'm acting as a bit of a kind of superhero so by day by day i i'm i'm kind of in my clark kent garb and then at night i'm um operating into the night uh, i don't know whether i should be saying i'm superman I'm a bit more a bit more like batman or something some kind of dark night a 1980s yeah. version uh, christopher reeve version of superman yeah. certainly with yeah. a synth soundtrack <laughs> to go with it i mean the internet is, is brilliant like this you can sort of find your exceptionally niche interest and you know find your people but it sounds to me like you've found almost too many of your people it seems like you've really <laughs> touched on a nerve here is it just nostalgia or something else i i think it's i mean i i spent quite a lot of time thinking because i was primarily just doing stuff on Instagram. And then I realized I saw the writing on the wall about the, the engagement had just all moved over to TikTok. And I, and I did feel the, I was like, gosh, I need to get onto TikTok. But, um, I didn't really have a strategy for what I was doing on there. And I, and so I spent a lot of time watching what was working on TikTok. And I also followed quite a few comedians. There's a particular comedian I follow called Melissa Kristen, who she was doing these sort of sketches um, where she was enacting sort of scenes from uh, kind of 80s and 90s sort of nostalgia and, and playing on those tropes. And I saw this huge amount of engagement that was happening there. And I thought about how could that transpire transpose across to a kind of musical medium because as musicians we spend a lot of time sharing the process which i think that invites a conversation about the process of making music and that is a quite a niche conversation for people outside of our kind of um, composing world and so it was really when i thought about how could i invite people who weren't musical but who wanted to kind of um, join me in this kind of nostalgic world and that's where I came up with that idea for kind of adding those captions and it was just a, this kind of perfect recipe of 
let's play 80s tropes in the comments let's let's all chip in with all our kind of favorite 80s nos- so it's it's some it, i think there's primarily there's a lot of film fans that are engaged in what i'm doing yeah. as well as people who are nostalgic about the 80s yeah it's true and you had all this amazing experimentation i mean i don't know if it was sort of the coke fueled uh, recording studios <laughs> of, of hollywood or not but people film composers in the 80s weren't afraid to put in some lightning and some thunder and, you know, the sound of rain. And you really touch on these. Do you think that film composition these days is not as adventurous as it was in the 80s? I I definitely think that, I think going back to what I said before about that there was, it was a time of great experimentation. I mean, you had a lot of musicians who were either classically trained or jazz trained. A lot of those producers coming from real, you know, solid jazz and classical backgrounds who suddenly had this whole new like world of, of toys. I mean, it really was like, I suppose, aside from the the computer, it was the last great kind of real um, sort of development in in music technology and suddenly there was this whole palette of sounds available to these really competent musicians and I suppose it was about just having fun experimenting with suddenly all these new exciting sounds and I suppose now we've kind of slightly bedded into kind of people doing things a bit by the numbers yeah so and, and I suppose also the computers democratized like music making a lot more so on on the plus side it's it's put it into the hands of people like me and on the on the sort of um, negative side I suppose it means there's maybe too many people doing it and maybe that lets some slightly blander worse stuff get through the, the net I suppose. <laughs> You've spoken about artists you know caring deeply about the creative process and certainly mm. AI does appear on the face of it as, as cheating some might also say it's a, another tool a paintbrush if you like for artists to express themselves but when it comes to the audience Maybe listeners don't really actually care. They just want to hear a good, in this case, 80s tune. Do you feel threatened at all by AI? I definitely am keeping a close eye on it and listen to a lot of conversations about it. And I'm quite interested in it. I mean, it, it's interesting because I'm I'm really excited about it when it comes to the visual medium and then a little bit more nervous about it when it comes to music. I mean, the, 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 the thing that's really here on our doorstep at the moment, and I'd be more nervous if I was a singer, is being able to clone voices and you've already heard this with people being able to make there's been like drake fake and drake on a grand day song yeah the Ariana grand day songs coming out and i think i mean if i was i've, I've heard that, that that the music industry is sort of both excited and scared about this that there's this it creates this big legal gray area and i suppose it, it the thing that would be maybe you've seen it recently with novelists and people trying to sue chat gpt because they they think that the gpt has been trained on the their writing and i suppose the day when it's as easy as pressing um you know make me a sunglasses kid style song press go and now it comes i suppose what it what it is shifting towards is the importance of being upfront and being a personality and a character that people can interact with because that will become kind of the main thing that people are engaging with but I think I think deep down people sort of sense when something's not quite human made. We're in the we're in the infancy of it right now. Um, 
I guess, yeah, we'll have to sort of wait and see. It's a it's a bleak, mm. <laughs> bleak dystopian 80s future ahead of us. Well, <laughs> yeah, I can see you expanding into AI-generated vision to go along with your, uh, you know, 80s cop with a dead partner. I mean, I think this is a, a perfect way <laughs> to, for you to expand upon uh, this genre. Well, long may the 80s nostalgia continue. We're going to play a track <laughs> from your album, Nightlife. It's called Red Shoes. Tell me about this one. What classic synth sounds are we going to hear in this song? I suppose you're going to hear some electric keyboards. I love the electric keyboard. There's no mistaking that sound from from the 80s. You're going to hear some fake Strat guitars, which, believe it or not, are also being used in 80s production. And you're going to hear some uh, gated reverb, which is that reverb that you'll recognise from the Phil Collins toms um, and that sort of period of production, yeah. And if this was an 80s movie, what's the synopsis? <laughs> I think you would be out in the desert somewhere on Route 66 in a kind of neo-noir crime thriller and maybe there's a kind of steamy scene uh, <laughs> about to take place. <laughs> you are terrifyingly good at that. Uh, Edward Gamper, <laughs> a.k.a. Sunglasses Kid, has been my guest. Uh, you can catch his sweet synth sounds on Instagram and Spotify and YouTube under the moniker Sunglasses Kid. So great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your music. Thank you.